You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. Coming to you live from Boca Raton, Florida. We're getting you ready for BYU and UCF in the Roof Claim Boca Raton Bowl. My insights on what to expect from BYU as well as those from BYU players and coaches. We'll also talk about BYU and their basketball game against Texas Southern as well. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. It's all brought to you today by our good friends at Bet Online as well as Built Go. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little while. All right, live show, live from the site of BYU's bowl game. Let's get it going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 22nd, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Big thank you once again for joining your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Reminder for you guys, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button if you haven't done so already. That way you never miss an episode of this show. I am live, I guess it figuratively, it's not a live show, I'm not streaming it live, but regardless, I am on site at Boca Raton for the Roof Claim Boca Raton Bowl. Traveled down here yesterday, and before we really get going here, I wanted to give a shout out to the Chipman family. Ray, of course, on Twitter, a guy I've known for a long time, his brother and his parents, all on this flight to Boca Raton with me via Delta, and it was a fun flight into Fort Lauderdale, and Excited to be here covering the game. So shout out to the Chipman family. Good to connect with them. Hoping to connect with a number of you who come down for this game. I know guys like Joe Wheat, who's a pretty famous Twitter uh, BYU personality. He's down here for this game. I think there's going to be a pretty sizable contingent relative to the actual number of seats that will be able to be filled there at FAU Stadium, where the Boca Raton Bowl will be taking place. But regardless... Looking forward to the game. I am coming to you guys from my hotel room. I'm at the Fairfield Inn and Suites, uh, stone's throw away from FAU. There is an airport between me and FAU Stadium, but nonetheless, looking forward to covering this game and should be a fun one. Uh, kickoff set for 7 o'clock Eastern time for myself and those here for the game. 5 o'clock for those of you listening in Utah and the greater uh, mountain area, mountain region back home. And this is going to be a game, folks. I think it's going to put a lot of people on edge because UCF's a really, really talented team. And I think BYU's got their work cut out for them going into this game. I think a lot of people out there felt like BYU may have been a little overhyped due to their relatively easy schedule or weak schedule, depending on how you look at it. And there's something to be said about that. That argument could be made. But this is a game, speaking of UCF, the BYU is going to have to go in and score bunches of points to win this game. This is not the Coastal Carolinas or the San Diego States where they're more than content to sit on the ball for eight and nine minute drives and score points and win the game that way. UCF likes to score points fast and in bunches. So this could be a game that you see teams going up and down the field. The over-under on this contest, courtesy of our good friends at betonline.ag, is 72.5 points. They're expecting a shootout here between the Knights and the Cougars. The line has BYU favored by a touchdown or seven points. Big ups to betonline.ag, our proud betting partner with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network for supplying us with that number. 
And I think this is a game that BYU may have to score in the 40-point range to win it, folks. I really do think they're going to have to go out there and get after it. Dylan Gabriel and the UCF Knights, high-powered offense. Their defense is a little suspect at times, though. So BYU should be able to score points. The matter is, can BYU's defense get some stops in this game? I guess enough stops to help BYU's offense win the contest. I think that is going to be key to this game. How many stops, how many times can BYU and their defense force UCF off the field without points on the board? That will go a long way in determining this contest. I don't have any other way to say it other than BYU's defense. They're the key in this game. I think both offenses are high-powered, powered by true star quarterbacks. Dylan Gabriel is a fantastic, fantastic player for the Knights. His counterpart, Zach Wilson, what did we see him yesterday? Number two to the New York Jets in the upcoming NFL draft. He is getting insane amount of hype and it's absolutely the perfect platform for him to go out on a high note here for BYU. This is a game where I think Zach Wilson, his skill should be on full display. Weather should be perfect, set for the mid-70s throughout the day on Tuesday. I would think that dips down probably into the 60s by the time the game gets going and maybe even maybe into the upper 50s before the game ends. But regardless, that is ideal football weather. BYU played a game against San Diego State that pretty sure my toes would have froze in that game. So I look at this as a big opportunity for BYU to put their season to bed the right way. It would have been nice to see them maybe schedule two bowl games. I'm not going to lie. I love watching BYU play and I'm happy to watch them as many times as they want to play football. But nonetheless, the goal is for BYU to put this season to bed on a high note and then turn their attention to 2021. There's a lot of question marks in the upcoming offseason for BYU. I don't think there's any doubt about that. How many guys ultimately will depart for the NFL? How many of the so-called super seniors might come back? Will there be staff changes for Kalani Satake? Those are all topics for future episodes when we hit the quote-unquote offseason here on the podcast. But That's a lot of what we're going to be looking forward to after this game. But nonetheless, a big game ahead. I really like this matchup for BYU. I think BYU's defense is better than UCF's. And they're actually probably better suited in some ways, in my opinion, to slow down UCF's offense than maybe they were against the Coastal Carolinas and the San Diego States. And that may sound like an oxymoron because you're probably saying, Jake, those teams just stuffed the ball down BYU's throat running it. Well, guess what? UCF's offense, it's powered by... By the air. They passed for an average of 373 passing yards. I think with Dylan Gabriel's averaging number two in the country or some such. BYU and the quote-unquote drop eight scheme might be tailor-made for this type of a contest. BYU is going to have to pressure Dylan Gabriel. You cannot allow him to sit back in the pocket because he will pick you apart. He has proven that. A guy like Zach Wilson absolutely has that capability himself to pick UCF apart. But I'll tell you what, I would expect Randy Taylor, the UCF defensive coordinator, the former Miami head coach, he's going to bring the heat on Zach Wilson. I would hope that Elisa Tuiaki, Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, the defensive brain trust for BYU, they say, you know what? Yeah, we may drop eight for most of this game, but there will be times we'll bring the house and get after Gabriel. They've got to be able to generate a pass rush and get him off platform if at all possible, because if they don't, This could be a record-setting type of a day for the UCF offense. That's the big concern with BYU in that drop-eight scheme is when they don't get a quarterback out of rhythm, they start to really get humming, and it's tough to slow them down at that point. So 
big time game. Looking forward to it. Excited to be here covering it. I'll give you some of my personnel notes as well as guys to know from UCF here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you, as we just mentioned, our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is our new gaming partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network, guys. We absolutely love having them on board. Are you ready for football, whether it's the bowl season that's underway in college football, the NFL heading in towards the postseason? football all over the place. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust to place our wagers, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up now for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get 50% as your welcome bonus, guys. It's a great way to get into the action, bet on the games you may otherwise be missing out on, and hopefully take home some money with you. They have all kinds of prop bets. Speaking of betonline.ag, they have everything you could ever want to cover and to talk about when it comes to your betting platform. Once again, go to betonline.ag, use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Sign up now, promo code LOCKEDON, 50% welcome bonus. Your online sportsbook experts are good friends at BetOnline. All right, we'll get to our player personnel notes for this Boca Raton Bowl for BYU as well as guys to know from UCF here in just a moment. I want to remind you guys that betting on the latest when it comes to college football, NFL, NBA, no matter what it is, doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the brand new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get Get this and other podcasts. It's a great podcast, folks. 10 to 15 minutes. And if you're into sports betting, that is a great one to add to your repertoire. They'll make sure that you are the smartest better when it comes to that. And obviously, Lee Sterling, one of the best handicappers, been doing it for a very very long time. All right, let's get to the player personnel notes for BYU in this game. And you guys probably are all wondering, okay, Jake, what's the status with Gunnar Romney? That's why you guys come to this podcast, by the way. Many of you know, I aim to be the one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news people need to know about. But more importantly, I'm giving you guys insider tidbits that you will not find anywhere else. So a big thank you for supporting the podcast and downloading this daily. So let's kick it off right now and talk about the guys you want to know about. I think the biggest name in terms of injury news is Gunnar Romney, BYU's star wide receiver. What I am hearing is he's expected to play in this game. He took that hit to the turf against uh, Coastal Carolina, smacked the back of his helmet against the turf after catching that ball on BYU's last gasp drive that just came up short. Uh, He was in the concussion protocol, but by all accounts, based on what I am hearing, I'm expecting to see him out there against UCF tonight in the Boca Raton Bowl. Additionally, Clark Barrington, who also left that Coastal Carolina game early and missed the San Diego State game, he is not expected to play in tonight's game. Obviously, that could change if he decides to go through warm-ups and see how it goes. It would not surprise me, but I am hearing that he is not likely to play. Other guys I am hearing that are out for this contest include George Udo. Udo is injured. I'm not 100% certain on what his injury is, but it is season-ending at this point. Obviously, there's only one game in the season left, so no matter what the injury, the severity of it is you're out for the year. Additionally, Chris Wilcox, BYU's star senior cornerback, he is not expected to play in this game. I've not been given a status update as to what is precluding Chris Wilcox from playing in this game, whether he opted out from the bowl game, has an injury bug that kicked up that will not allow him to play in this game, but he is not expected to play. So you're down three guys there, speaking of Clark Barrington on the offensive line, and then George Udo and Chris Wilcox in the defensive secondary 
for the Cougars. Additionally, a guy like Isaiah Kafusi, he is expected to play his final game, but he will be hampered. He's dealing with an injury that's been lingering for a couple of weeks now. I don't expect it to slow him at all, if at all possible. He's going to go out there and give it everything he's got. Everything I've heard about Isaiah is he plans to give the NFL a shot after this season. He's really given no thought to coming back in 2021 to BYU. I think he just wants to get on with his life. He's married, has a child. It's time to move on with your with your life and he's going to pursue the NFL route and we'll wish him nothing but the best but he is dealing with a nagging injury that hopefully will not uh, p- keep him from playing at his best but you're gonna have to see how it goes for him tonight with that injury it didn't really hamper him all that much against San Diego State as you could tell he had a really really nice game in that contest now, one other name I wanted to mention is the name of Tyler Algier. Under mysterious circumstances, he did not play in the game against San Diego State, and Kalani Sadake offered up nothing after the game with regards to his status moving forward. Everything I've heard is that Tyler Algier is cleared and should be in tonight's game. I still don't have a clarification on what held him out of that San Diego State game. I would guess, if it were me, it was illness-related. Illness related. That's what the ESPN broadcast said, but... That could mean COVID. That could mean he simply had a head cold and just couldn't go. I don't know what the status is with that, but I am expecting to see Tyler Algier out there playing for BYU. And I think at BYU, if you're really only missing one of your normal starters, speaking of Clark Barrington, amongst your 11 guys that you've had pretty much all year long, BYU should be in pretty good position here to really put up points. I think that guys like Chandon Herring and or Kiefer Longson are more than capable of filling in at left guard for Barrington. And I think it's BYU's going to come out guns a-blazing, folks. They have to. They've got to come out and really put the pedal to the floor, score points as many times as they possibly can. Uh, UCF, hopefully get some stops with the BYU defense, get that ball back and go score again. This is a game that BYU cannot afford to say, you know what, we're going to play keep away. Just go out there, play the ball that you've played all year long, score points, and see where it falls, see where the chips fall. And I think that BYU should have a good shot to put up a lot of points in this contest and hopefully put up enough for a win. Now let's turn our attention to UCF and let you know some of the names to know from the Knights in tonight's game. And I think it starts and ends with Dylan Gabriel, honestly. He's passed for 3,353 yards, a 61.7 completion percentage with 30 touchdowns against four interceptions. Well, Zach Wilson, also 30 touchdowns. These quarterbacks are among the nation's elite. Dylan Gabriel, a really Really good player. Not a guy who really carries the ball all that often. Only has 138 rushing yards on the season and two touchdowns. Instead, the Knights have gone with a three-headed monster at running back. Greg McRae, their leading rusher with 681 yards and nine touchdowns. Otis Anderson, 614 yards and four touchdowns in his own right. And then to a lesser degree, Bentavious Thompson, 369 yards against five touchdowns. All three of those running backs averaging over five yards per carry. This is a high-powered offense. They have two star wide receivers. Marlon Williams, 1,039 yards, has 10 touchdowns. Jalen Robinson, 935 yards with five touchdowns. This offense is going to score points, folks. This is not a game where BYU can go in thinking, well, you know what? We might be able to shut them out if we really have a good game. That's not this type of contest. Uh, Conversely, BYU has their work cut out for them on the offense when it comes to going against 
UCF's defense. Their leading tackler is Richie Grand, a defensive back with 72 total tackles on the year. He has five pass breaks along with three interceptions. Really a good player. He's forced and recovered two fumbles this year as well. They also have two standout linebackers in Eric Gilliard and Tatum Bethune. Gilliard, 57 tackles on the year, whereas Bethune has 52 in its own right. Both of them have an interception on the season. And then along their defensive line, their leading sack artist on the year is Tremont Morris Brash. He's got three and a half sacks on the year to go with 25 total tackles. He's got to keep an eye on in terms of BYU along that defensive line. So those are some of the names to know from UCF going into this game, but looking forward to it, folks. And one other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is this is an opportunity for BYU to end what we call the Florida curse. BYU in their entire football history has never won a football game in the state of Florida. May seem strange, but it really is that. They have played eight times between 1976 and 2020 and have lost all eight of those matchups, the most recent coming in that debacle against USF last year. This is also their fourth bowl game in the Sunshine State after the Tangerine Bowl in 1976, the Citrus Bowl in 1985, and then the infamous Miami Beach Bowl in 2014. I think BYU's got a pretty good chance to end that curse in this game against UCF, but that's why you go out and play these games. Will the ninth time be the charm for BYU? We'll make our predictions here in just a minute. I'm going to be joined by a special guest here in a moment, a good friend of mine, a good friend of the podcast, Sean Walker. We're going to react to BYU and Texas Southern, the hoops game. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you about our good friends at Built Go. We love Built Go here on the Locked On Podcast Network, especially here on Locked on Cougars. What Built Go is, is a gel packet, a 1.5 ounce package that wants to help you get the best out of whatever you're trying to do each day. If you have walls that seem to set up in front of you, whether they're physical or mental, Built Go is here to help you break through them. It's got a kick of caffeine to get you going, but then the B vitamins and the collagen protein that are packed into this will make sure that you guys have that long lasting energy. It's the five hour energy feel without the crash and burn afterwards, guys. It is the perfect complement to anyone's diet. I like to use it as a pre-workout. I think it's the perfect addition to my diet when it comes to my working out at the gym or at home. Check it out. Go to BuiltGo.com. You can learn more about this. And also while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and get 20% off your next order. Like I said, big endorser here of BuiltGo. It's here to help you break through those walls, whether they're physical or mental. So let's do it with BuiltGo. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code LOCKED. Save yourself 20% and let's go with Built Go. All right, as we close out this Tuesday edition of the podcast, I want to remind you guys that every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday night football action, which was a big loss, by the way, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined up every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must starts, and more. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I am joined now by a good friend, a longtime friend of the podcast. That is the one, the only, the Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, what's up, my friend? Jake, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a minute. We are. Thanks for, thanks for finally welcoming me back. Um, I'm glad the uh, statute of limitations has finally expired on that restraining order. Uh, it's been a tough month, but PK, because I know you're listening to this, um, it that one's up tomorrow, so... 
Let's have a beer after the bowl game. There we go. Uh, Sean and I are both in Boca Raton getting ready for this bowl game. We also watched BYU basketball take care of business against Texas Southern. And Sean, I think the biggest storyline for me in this Texas Southern win for BYU was the ABBA backcourt. I know there are a lot of people out there that don't like that acronym for the for the backcourt of Brandon Averett as well as Alex Barcelo, but I think it fits perfectly. We had could, uh, could you would you say that there's a segment of the BYU fan base for whom the ABBA backcourt is their Waterloo? Yes, Waterloo, correct. Well, well played, well played. You're going to just make me even more mad with that reference, but regardless. Regardless, uh, a big night for... I'm, I'm all for BYU's two dancing queens. <laughs> big night for uh, Brandon Averett, a career-high 30 points. Meanwhile, Alex Barcelo sets a career-high with 10 assists in this win over Texas Southern. I think those two have proven to be quite the tandem, Sean. I think a lot of people had questions about their ability to coexist on the court coming into the season. But I think, by all accounts, they're working together quite well. Yeah, and, and count me as one of those because when I when I watched Alex Barcelo last year and uh, Brandon Avert when he was at UVU, yes, I did watch UVU basketball. Sorry, BYU fans, <laughs> um, but I saw pretty much the same player. Sure, um, in with with their respective teams, they were very very similar, just with kind of their style of play, the way they they could defer to their their teammates, but also mm-hmm. take over when needed. Their kind of drive in and kick out. Uh, defensively, very similar players, and so I, I, I very much wondered as well how is Mark Pope going to fit these two pieces together? And and lo and behold, even in that that uh, opening night game against Westminster, he decides to start them at the yeah. same time. They're literally playing together, but last I checked, there's still only one ball in the game. Like uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> I wondered about that, Pope. I'll, Coach Pope, if you're listening to this, I wondered about that. Yeah. Um, but these two have blended very, very well into one another, and they're playing off of each other so well. Like, like B.A. goes off for a career-high 30 points tonight, and a big part of those 30 points came off of A.B.'s 10 assists. Correct. Where, you know, Texas Southern was coming in, and they, 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 brought, a, they brought a little help side defense, or they were double-teaming him um, up around the three-point line, and he would just kick it over to a wide-open B.A. for three. And, and I think Alex is going to have a lot of moments like that this year just because of how good he's been in this early season for BYU. He's really only struggled, I think, one game all year. He's going to be a focus of so many scouting reports. But now all of a sudden teams are, are starting to learn the last couple of games that they can't just immediately bring somebody somebody over on the help side sure. to guard Alex Barcelo because it's going to leave somebody open like Brandon Averett or maybe Matt Harms down low. Or uh, even Richard Harward, we saw open up a little bit when he came into the game there late tonight. Um, so yeah, so I mean, just just the way you're seeing kind of this evolution of Alex Barcelo, which I think definitely benefited BA tonight, and I think it'll I think it can end, it can benefit a lot of other BYU players going forward. Well, that, that's the hope, I think, is that, it, that this becomes one of those things where you just have all these options out there. So it's a pick-your-poison scenario for BYU. Now they get a quick turnaround. Uh, another in-state opponent Wednesday at Vivint Arena. They'll take on the Weber State Wildcats. No, no rest for the weary because this is going to be BYU's third game in, is it six days? Uh, yeah, since Friday. So, yeah. yeah. So, so they're going to be playing a lot and of a games. Half, really? And this is their final... And- 
And really, I mean, BYU, as a religious school, they sure. don't practice on Sunday. So three games so in five, five days. days. Yeah. So uh, a lot of a lot of things to look forward to in that Wednesday matchup. It's the final non-conference game ahead of West Coast Conference play for BYU. So we'll learn a lot state about this team. That's a, it's a good point. Go for point. the state championship. Go for the state championship where you are the dominant team in the Beehive State. I think they so. might still have to be a Wasatch Academy. Really like that's a <laughs> well, wouldn't Caleb Lohner just tell him, hey, I came from here, so I automatically get trump card and I'm we're done? I don't know, man. Nolan Hickman, Robbie Armbruster. That might be tough. Uh, isn't it? Um, uh, who's the BYU commit that's out of Wasatch? Sandy Triore. Yeah, Triore. Yeah. yeah, he would also have something to say about it uh, for Pop, sure. Richard Pop Pop Isaacs. Yeah, good point. Yeah, five star. Five yes, star. Five star. Yeah, five-star prospect right there as well. All right, Sean, uh, thanks again for taking the time. But I also wanted to get your football thoughts. We're both here covering the Boca Raton Bowl. Give me your prediction for tomorrow night's game between UCF and the Cougars. Um, I mean, the one thing that I think is going to be certain, other than um, I'm probably going to be just – sweating my absolute brains out down here in this Florida humidity. Same here. Um, the other thing that's probably probably going to be certain tomorrow is, and, and maybe the other biggest workout um, will be the scoreboard operator. <laughs> there, there's going to be a lot of offense tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, Dylan Gabriel, uh, two guys who know how to put up points, two of the five best quarterbacks in the country right now. Yep. Um, right up there alongside names like Trevor Lawrence, alongside names like Kyle Trask. Um, some pretty good dudes. Uh, I I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I don't. I'm not sure what the over under finished at. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about points, spreads, and whatever on your we podcast. Are. We actually have a brand new sponsor for that. BetOnline.ag. Oh, so, yeah. So the over under. I mentioned this earlier on on the podcast. Seventy two and a half according to BetOnline. Take the over. BYU. The line over. is BYU is a seven point favor right now. It feels like a lot of points. Too. It is a lot of points. So give me your prediction here, Sean. Um, I take the over. I definitely would take that over. Okay. I think the team with the ball last is going to win on this one. Probably a good bet. Um, but I think BYU is going to have the ball last and win on a Jake Oldroyd 53-yard field goal at the buzzer. Give me BYU by three. That's oddly specific. You got a score for us in terms of that? Uh I, don't know, 50, I haven't thought about it. Fifty-three that much. yard field goal. That's very specific. Well, there we go. So Sean's got just, just shy of a career long. Yeah, hey, that's, that's true. Why I said he's, got, he's got he's got the fifty-four as his career long. My prediction for this game, I'm with you. I would take the over on the points. I think this is very much going to be which defense can get one or two stops to hopefully help their offense out and win that game. So my prediction, I'll give you guys a score on it. I've got BYU forty-seven, UCF forty-five. I've got a, a two-point game. I think it's be real tight. I'll all the way through, and we'll see what happens. But that puts seven us seven points is a lot of points it for is. you fans. It is a, a lot, lot of points. points to put up against Dylan Gabriel. Well, Sean, thanks again for stopping by. Appreciate you doing it. We'll probably do this again. I think we're going to do it tomorrow night after this game. We'll do a postcast edition of the podcast. Who knows? Maybe just sitting in the press box, toss some headsets on, and talk. Or based on what I'm hearing, me, me and you may be sitting out in the stands as well. Media. That's true. They, with the COVID restrictions, they've been kind of expanding the media area, and some some media you and I included, apparently, could be sitting out in the stands. So who knows? If you're out there, if you're a BYU fan, and you see two guys just babbling on wearing headsets, it's probably Sean and I. I, I brought my jacket just in case we get snow tomorrow. <laughs> 
yeah, that high is 78. I don't, I don't think I'm going to need it. <laughs> I think there's a chance I won't need that jacket. Probably not. Yeah, probably I've got not. one in my bag too, but that was happened just because I was coming from Salt Lake City. So anyway, Sean, thanks again for taking the time. Of course, like I said, a postcast edition tomorrow night. Also looking ahead to BYU and Weber State and Hoops Wednesday. So a lot to cover in the lead up to Christmas here, but a lot of good things going on with BYU sports. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Reminder, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check us out, search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch. If you want to follow me there, you can follow Sean at Actually DSW. Thank him for taking the time. And as always, you can email the show anytime you want as well. And that's LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right, that'll do it. Big thank you once again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 22nd, 2020. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.